there to the beginning. I want you to get your most serious face going. Most angry. Do your angry eyes. And start that music and see if you can keep it. takes me back about 40 years to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, about 30 years. <laughs> takes me back about 40 years to my mom and dad's church, and uh, it just blesses me, and I just wanted to share it with you for a minute. It's so funny to me how the Lord uses Pastor Ronnie to push all my buttons <laughs> in a good way. Um, it's, it's just funny to me because he'll assign a sermon or a direction and I'll be like, oh, no, um, because I'm so submitted. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so last week when he came off the platform and he just kind of, you know, tagged me on the shoulder. It's one of those tag you're in, I'm done, it's your turn next kind of moments. Or it's more like a wrestling match, actually, <laughs> where he tagged out. But uh, um, I must have had this kind of look of panic on my face because he went, it's okay, I gave you the easy one. And, uh, and I went, oh, you just don't have any idea. Because I have a little bit of a history with this particular passage of Scripture that the Lord just kind of wanted to bring me through a little journey with it. And so I get to share that with you today. Woo! I'm so excited. Um, so can we stand up and we'll get into the Word? Very short passage of Scripture. All right then. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Father, I thank you that your word changes us. I thank you, Father, that we cannot change ourselves. Otherwise, we would be way too self-absorbed. So, Father, I thank you that only you can change us. Only you, Father God, can go deep into those places of um, hard-heartedness, Father. And just with one word, let the walls come down. And so, Father, today I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it will accomplish what you send it to do because it never returns to you void or empty. So, Father, I pray that I would be out of the way and that your will would reign. Father, your word would rule in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I was um, a young child, well, see, I kind of had an issue with this particular 
scripture with this particular prayer. And I know you're thinking, how can you have a problem with the Lord's prayer? Well, it isn't that I have a problem with the Lord's prayer. I have a little bit of a problem with what we've done to the Lord's prayer. You ever feel that way? It's like um, God gives us something in 90 seconds or Jesus says this, this then after this manner you should pray. And then we take it and we, we just take it all of the, the strangest places, you know. And uh, when I was a little girl, um, I could not handle the Lord's Prayer in song for some reason. Well, okay, I'll tell you what the reason is, even though it makes me look pretty bad. In my mom's church, there was me and my sisters, and we were the featured singers because we were the pastor's kids, and you were the featured singers if you were the pastor's kids. That's what it's supposed to be. And, uh, but then this family moved and started coming to our church, and they had three daughters, and they were the Buck girls, the Buck sisters, and they sang. And it became every Sunday, is daddy going to call on us or is daddy going to call on them buck girls? And uh, <laughs> Oh, like you all don't do that. Um, he used somebody else's name in the sermon. Anyway, the buck girls. And let me tell you something. They were like seven, eight, and ten. And those girls were amazing. In retrospect, back then I thought they were horrid. And, um, but they were amazing, and they did everything a cappella. And so they would come up, and they would, you know, he'd go, let's see, who's got a special for us today? And I'd be like, and he'd be like, the Buck Girls would be like. And so the Buck Girls would come up, and I, though I don't have their uh, vocals, they would be reminiscent of something like this. And when they would begin, I would behave something like this. Oh, Father, we my love for the Lord's prayer. (laughs) I'm so glad Jesus loves me. I'm so glad that he does. I get by with far too much. But anyway, but the Buck girls, they were wonderful and they were amazing. And you have never heard the Lord's prayer sang until you've heard a 10-year-old who's been smoking for four years come in on that chorus. Well, where I'm from, tobacco is a food group. So anyway, anyway, we had that little issue with the Lord's Prayer. And then come about 1986, Larry Lee came out with a book called Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And then it had this big lie at the end of it that said, learning the joy of prayer Uh-uh, I don't think so. Because when in 1986, I had a two-year-old. Aaron was about two years old. And you're supposed to expound on every part of this prayer. And I'd get about to our father, and I'd get shot in the head with a Nerf gun. 
Amen. And then the way that Larry Lee taught it, and please forgive me, if this was one of your breakthrough moments in your spiritual life, this is no reflection on you. But you're supposed to expound on every sentence, and I'd get to about, Our Father, who art in heaven, way up there, stars, sun, moon, way high, heaven. And I would go off on these tangents because it's supposed to last, each section is supposed to last a specific period of time for that whole hour to be done in tarrying. And I reminded myself of Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, when she would be like, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, I'm so bored. And so I fell deeper in love with the Lord's Prayer. Until the Lord began to say, I want you to understand something. See, when I would come before the Lord with the Lord's Prayer, somehow, like man, we take something that God meant as intimate and personal and connected, and we turned it into a formula that distanced us from God in just the most unreal ways. And so as I was trying to tarry for one hour, I was just building this wall between me and God because when I prayed, I felt like I was on earth and he was far above the galaxies and I was knocking on this door and nobody was opening it. So I was standing on this side of the door talking to somebody I hoped was listening. Does that make sense to anybody? You ever been there? And then the Lord began to go, you got to look at it different. You get scared you. I I just canceled my notes out. Now you're really afraid, aren't you? Um, But the Lord said, I want you to look at it a little bit different. Because see, I had learned the Lord's prayer without context. I had learned the Lord's Prayer on a context that was outside of relationship. And and literally, the Lord's Prayer is a part of something that begins back at the beginning of chapter 5, which is the Sermon on the Mount. That starts with, blessed are ye, when these, all of these things. And if you want to go back and do a little research, it would be an amazing thing to do. Go back and take the Lord's Prayer and put it in the center of the context of the Sermon on the Mount and the instruction and the love and the guidance and the things that the Lord is telling us in this. Because then when you get to the Lord's Prayer, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing because once you enter it from that direction, you enter it from a place of relationship. When Jesus said, this then is how you should pray, it's, it's reminiscent literally like if, if Katie would have gone to Matthew, who's older than Matthew, and he's got a more experience with his dad. And so if Katie were to go, Matthew, tell me how to talk to dad about this. And Matthew would probably go, you may as well not. Or if you're going to go in, go in and be respectful and know this. And because Matthew has dealt with his dad more than Katie has dealt with her dad. So we went to go in with a little bit of knowledge. And that's what I feel like Jesus is doing. Because it says, this then is how you should pray. And the then that is listed there is the word un. And un means based on everything that came before. Based on everything that I have just said to you, when he sat down on the mountain and he began to speak to them, based on all of that, this then is how, after this manner, you should pray. And so it begins with our Father. 
Now, I love this because I've always, when I've heard this taught, the, the emphasis was always on the word father. And that's good and it's right and it should be. But in order for me to get the breakthrough in this prayer that I needed, the Lord had to show me that the emphasis had to be on the word our. Our father. Because it's a plural and it's possessive and it includes the speaker. So when we say our, when Jesus said, when you go, you you pray after this manner, our father. He's saying your father and my father. So the picture, instead of me going up and going, father, it is a picture of I need somebody to hold my hand. It is a picture of me and Jesus going in and going, our father. Now, see, that's what Pastor Ronnie said when he said, who's in here? Who is in here? Christ who dwells in you. Take his hand and you step in and you go, our father. That changes everything for me. That, I mean, that changes everything for me to know that he's going in with me. I love that. And see, the next thing, the next picture that it paints, well, before I go there, the, the power of having someone with you. The power of having someone stand with you. How many of you know the difference that makes when you don't have to go into a hard place alone? You know, to know that somebody is going with you. When I was a little girl, and my kids have heard these stories forever, but my younger sister Angie and I shared a bedroom, and we had twin beds, and it was a very small room. And I walked into the room one evening. My older sister Terry was babysitting, and uh, uh, my mom and dad had gone out, and I walked into the bedroom, and Angie's sitting on her bed, and her cat is sitting on my bed. Somebody cover Connie's ears. <laughs> Thanks, Wade. Um, her cat is sitting on my bed, and I wasn't as tender-hearted as I am now. And uh, <laughs> why are y'all laughing? I walked in there. And I ever so gently picked her cat up by the tail and removed it from my bedroom space. (laughs) Okay. And, And taught it how to fly. Well, Angie was a little upset about that. And so she, I mean, this little, little, little younger sister thing comes flying across the room and me looking innocent. Um, I'm standing at the foot of the bed like, what? And she shoves me. And when she does, my foot is like this on the bed frame at the bottom. And when she shoves me, I go straight into the sheetrock. Nice big hole in the sheetrock. I'm looking at her, she's looking at me, and we're thinking, how fast can we get those posters from over there to over here? And we did. We were united. We were united in hardship. And every poster we had was suddenly on the right-hand side of the room. But there was one thing we had not counted on. The fact that our parents' room was on the other side of that wall. And there was a body imprint. Y'all don't know how scary that was. So we got, we think we're all good and in the clear until my oldest sister Terry goes and sees that outline with the chalk outline in the other room. But then she does the most unexpected thing. 
Instead of throwing us to our mom and dad, she goes with us. They were just playing. You know, that we'll fix it. I'll, you know, I'll help. I'll do however I can. And she went with us. And it made all of the difference in the world in the death sentence. <laughs> we just got life with possibility of parole. But she went with us and it just made such a difference. See, he goes with you. He goes with you. And, and I know some of you are thinking, why would you compare going before you know, a firing squad to God? Because that's what I thought he was. At that stage in my life, I was so afraid of him, afraid of getting squashed. I didn't understand the grace or the mercy of God or the access or the relationship. And so that's how he was to me. But when Jesus says, he goes, our Father, we link hands. And then the most wonderful thing takes place. It says, our Father, who art in heaven. And in my spirit, what I see is the linking of the hand and the stepping across this invisible barrier that keeps us linked to this planet. And we step there and it says, our Father, who art in heaven. And what it says to my spirit, not of this world. This father who is not of this world, who does not act like a man, who does not think like your earthly father, who thinks high thoughts, is far above. You just stepped over. You know the word says that our prayers ascend as incense. And I believe that when we step into that place of prayer, I believe we ascend our father who art in heaven hallowed. What other response would you have when you step into his presence, when you step into that place in him, when you step into that holy place, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is the face down moment. Of course it would be hallowed be thy name because what other response would you have in his presence? It is so funny to me how sometimes we think, well, when I see him, I'm going to talk to him about this. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to be slobbering and drooling for at least six, seven years. You know, you're going to cloud imprint on your face, baby. <laughs> because... If the angels, all that's coming out of their mouths is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If the hosts are singing that, what makes you think you're going to be able to say anything? Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. And then it says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You don't take your wants in there. There, there. there are places where we think, you know, well, I want this, I want that, I want that. But somehow when you come into his full presence, when you come into that place with him, all of that stuff just goes, Phew. I don't want anything but you, Lord. I don't want anything but you, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the thing about it is, I think when you experience God, when you experience everything that he has for you, I think the cry of your heart is, I want to take that back with me. God, everything I see here, everything I smell here, everything I'm experiencing here, God, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be, God, from that place in him. Our Father, hands linked, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the funny thing to me is that 
The, the, the response is, it's not, Lord, you know I have need of. Lord, you know I this. Lord, you know. It's, I know you're going to feed me. I know you're going to feed me. I don't think there has ever been a time that one of my children have walked into my house and wondered if I would feed them. They wish I would stop. But that's what I do. That's just what I do. In his presence to go, I'm not worried anymore. I know you're going to feed me because see, Pastor Ronnie told us, the scripture says, for the Father himself knows you have need of these things. Before you even voice them, he knows you have need of these. I know you're going to feed me. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors, our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us when we are unforgiving because we have been forgiven so much. Somehow in his presence, don't you know that everything is lovingly exposed? Everything is lovingly exposed to go in those moments and go, oh, God, you are holy and you are faithful and I'm still angry over the petty things. God, I'm still harboring things when I know You know, it's just the funniest thing to me how we can be Christians for a very short period of time and and somehow forget how rotten we were. How stinky we are. We We forget that we were once them. And we somehow separate ourselves from them. And we, hold, we justify holding grudges. We justify being angry. We justify carrying offenses. When we have been forgiven, who knows what all you've been forgiven of. I know what all I've been forgiven of. I know his faithfulness. I know his goodness. And I know what I was and where I would be if it were not for him. I know. So God, help me to forgive as you have forgiven me. Because he forgives big. You should be the most generous, most forgiving, kindest, sweetest people on the planet. Just should be that. Because of the grace that has been breathed over our lives. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And see, I never understood this next part. And it kind of bothered me until the Lord opened it up to me. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. And I know that the scripture says, let not man say that he is tempted of God because God does not tempt us. And so it made no sense to me until I started seeing what it actually really said in that scripture. It says, lead us not into temptation. And the word temptation there literally is times of testing and trial and tribulation. And so it's literally the same thing. It's under the same context, the same kind of prayer as when Jesus offered, when he said, let this, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And that's basically what this prayer, lead us not into temptation. Lord, if there's a test I don't have to go through, then let me lead me in another direction. God, if there's a trial I don't have to face, God, if it be your will, let take me in another direction, God. If I can learn it the easy way, God, let me learn it the easy way because I sure don't want to learn it the hard way. God, when you say do it, I ought to go amen instead of 
The gift, the divine gift of preservation. Pray for it. Preserve my soul, God. We pray for deliverance and it's after the fact. What if we started praying before and said, God, preserve me. Take me in a different direction, God. Any trial that I don't have to walk through, Father, I'll walk through it if it's your will. But God, if it's my stupidity, then God, lead me in a different direction. Lead us not into temptation. And then it says, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Do you know what that literally means? I used to think that that was deliverance from Satan or his tools. Or, um, but the word, it's literally translated, it says, deliver us from evil. And the word there is from labors, from annoyances, from toil, from grievance, from lives that are full and busy. Let me give it to you exactly so that you have it. Because it just floored me when I got to that. Because it's deliver, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. It's poneros, and it means lives filled with labor, annoyance, hardship, pressure, harassment, and toil. Lord, deliver us from lives full of labor, harassment, toil. Say, we just call that our lifestyle. God calls it evil. We just say, well, my life's just, you know, work is very demanding and and I'm under a lot of stress and there's a lot of harassment in my life and I'm just annoyed all the time and my fuse is short and all of these things. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. So he's saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at everything you've done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know you're going to feed me. I know you're going to take care of me, Lord. Help me to forgive as you forgive, God, as you have forgiven me. And Father, if there are tests I don't have to go through, then God, let me bypass them. I don't want to go through them. And Father, if my life doesn't have to be so full of work, and harassment, and worry, and stress, and pressure. God, deliver me from that evil. For thine is the kingdom. And so you know what? That's not even talking about the kingdom. It is that particular passage when it says, for thine is the kingdom, what it literally means is you have the authority to reign. You are the king. It's not about the kingdom. It's about his ability and his right and his authority to reign as king in our lives. Because it says, for thine is the kingdom. It all belongs to you. Thine is the power. You can do anything you want to do. And because of that, God, we will give you all of the glory. All of the glory forever and ever. So let it be. That is the Lord's prayer. And there's an intimacy connected to it that is unreal. But I was still missing a piece. I was still missing a piece in the study of that word. And so this past week, it was just kind of a hectic week. I know many of you can amen. You've had a hectic week. But God is going to deliver us from evil. And, um, and so I got a little phone call and Kate had uh, called and said she was going to the doctor. And, and I was going to get to watch Parker, my grandson, who's amazing, I might add. <laughs> and uh, so I had this brief moment of going, okay, but I need to study. Study Parker, study Parker, Parker. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I got over there, I got over there about 10 o'clock in the morning and um, 
I spent like until Aaron came home at 5.30, from 10.30 to 5.30, I rolled in the floor and, you know, laid under the swing and made faces. And I do not think that baby's feet touched the ground one time. And I just loved on him and every little, uh, he would make us like, oh, that's amazing. Every smile, you know, I was, I've got like 40 million videos of him going. And uh, I just love it. You know, that's what I did. And in the middle of it, I had this flash of going, oh, you should be studying. And I felt like God goes, no, this is it. This is it. And then I got it. Because I had spent 10 hours just trying to hear that child's voice. All I wanted was to hear his voice. That's all I wanted. It didn't have to be intelligent. It didn't have to be anything other than his voice. Because his voice just does something to me. It's the same way with my kids. Katie can be upstairs singing and playing the piano and I'll just stop where I am and listen but you know what? It's equally as moving to me. If I, if I see her little face on my phone when her, the ring comes up, I cannot get to it fast enough because I just love to hear her voice. There's history in that voice. There's love. There's relationship in that voice. And my boys, Aaron, has this deep DJ kind of voice <laughs> that, that when I hear him on the other side of the phone, it's just... It just, everything, you know, from him being two years old and yelling, my name's Ball. Uh, (laughs) All the way to now, that history, that love, that companionship, it's in his voice. Matthew has this thing that he does when something's not funny and he wants to be a smart aleck. And uh, he'll go, You know, his laughter. There's just something. I don't know who raised those smart Alex. I'm telling you. And now I've got two other daughters. I've got Kate and Rachel. And when I see their little faces, it's like everything. I just, I love these kids. And I love to hear their voices. I love to hear their voices. When they come and the house is full and it's crazy and I'm thinking they need to go home. But when it's full and crazy, my heart is full. And when they leave, I cry. Because I love the sound of their voices. I love that it fills the house. And see, that's how God feels about you. He loves the sound of your voice. Could he read your mind? Absolutely. But he wants Josh to go, Father, Father, thank you, because they've got a history. They've got a relationship. He loves it when Diane goes, Daddy, you know, because he knows they've got a history and a relationship. Scripture tells us in Song of Solomon, it says, come, it says, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is soothing and your face is ravishing. Let me hear your voice. When was the last time? Jeffrey, if you're here, could you come out? Do I have a volunteer? No, I'm teasing. (laughs) When was the last time you went in and just talked to him? When was the last time he heard your voice? When was the last time you got to step in and draw on relationship? and communicate with your father. 
See, he has that for you. It's intimacy with him. Now, I want you to do something with me. Would you stand, please? Now, Keith, would you mind putting that scripture back up again? Now, considering what we've just learned and what we know about him and what this means, can we just say this? Let's start with our Father. Can you just close? Well, you can read if you close your eyes. You should know this by now. All right. Okay, we're going to just go there for a minute, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we step in, God. I want to do something just a little bit different, if I might. Because you already have someone with you, if you have not heard his voice, if you just want a little bit of prayer time, a little bit of altar time, we can have some prayer warriors over here if you need someone to pray with you. But if you just want to step in as an act of faith, just to take his hand, hear his voice, and to step over and say, Our Father, and to just communicate with him for a minute, the altar's open. And you can do with it what you would or what you wouldn't. But I just want you to just take a moment if I can't have three or four prayer words because somebody might need prayer. But Father, we come into your presence. We come in, Father, and we bless you. And we thank you, God. struggling in your prayer life and you've been God I just I just can't seem to touch you God I want to go deeper with you in prayer can you just gather right here because I want to pray over you just for a second that God would just release that 
begin to bless him. Father, we exalt you. We bless you, God. We come in because you said we could, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Oh, Father, for all of these, they've said, God, I cannot hear you. God, I do not sense your presence. Father, I need you. And so, Father, today I say, you have heard their voice. You have heard their voice. You've seen their hearts. You've heard their their cry. And, Father, you've seen their tears. And now, Father, I'm asking for a breakthrough in their lives, Father God. I'm asking for an intimacy, Father God. I pray, Father, that they would truly, truly step over into your presence, God, when they pray. God, that they would sense you there, God. Father, no more to walk away empty. They've cried. They said, is there something wrong with me? They said, God, is there something wrong with me? But God, you are going to seal that. You're going to take care of that. Father God, I pray for discernment. I pray, Father, it's not going to be about praying for things or stuff. God, they're going to talk to their father. They're going to communicate with their father. And when they do, God, you hear their voice. And you draw on that history. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask, Father, for a new anointing of prayer, God. A new anointing in the area of relationship and communication, Father. I'm asking, Father, that you break old bondages in the name of Jesus. Things that keep them from your throne room, Father God. Let them fall in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that there be prayer warriors birthed. God, let it fall. Shake off the chains. Shake them off. The old mindsets that says you can't go in. Father, I thank you, Lord. Then not only will they come in, they will come in boldly. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Break through God. Break through God. Break through God. Anointing Father. Anointing Father. Never alone. Call him Father. Father. Father, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. Can you do you are holy and let's just sing that to him? Can you lift your hands with a new access to the Father? Let's call him hallowed.
I feel separated from my Father, I will come in boldly because you said I can and now we should. Amen. Never the same. Never the same, little brother. Never the same. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And you are his favorites. All of his children are his favorites. I'm going to extend a blessing. Jesus. Hey, baby girl. Hey, baby girl. Mm. Our Father. Our Father. Thank you. Thank you that we can call you our Father. Thank you, God, for the access you have given us. Thank you, Father, for the forgiveness. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the kindness. Thank you for the benevolence, God. And I ask God that you breathe over these. I ask God that you deliver where there needs to be deliverance. Give hope where there needs to be hope. Let life come where life needs to come. Father, and I pray that their prayers be more intimate than they have ever been in their entire lives, God, as they draw on the history of you and them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Never the same.